All righty. So for uh, Christmas, it's like, you know, what happened and why it happened. And it's like, there's a lot, um, it's almost like the whole New Testament talks about what happened and why it happened. Um, and so, rather than preaching from now until New Year's Day, <laughs> we're going to focus on Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2, and then the first part of John. Um, and... Because uh, Matthew does focus, Matthew does have some accounts about this time, but it's kind of brief about, there's a genealogy, and then it's brief about the birth of Jesus. And then it actually moves into opposition to Jesus from King Herod, which actually happened a little later, when Jesus was maybe one or two. It was a little bit later. Whereas Luke focuses attention on really the pregnancies of Elizabeth with John the Baptist and the pregnancy of Mary with Jesus and really just builds up John the Baptist, Jesus, John the Baptist, Jesus, and then the ministries of them both. And Luke is focused more on that part at the actual birth and what happened with the birth, which is what we're celebrating at Christmas time. Um, and so... Luke is a, a great place to focus this time of year. But in Luke chapter 1, and uh, I'm just going to start reading and then talking. But it's kind of a two-part message. What happened and why it happened uh, this week, Luke chapter 2 next week. And Christmas Eve, we're going to read a lot of the passages and sing a lot of songs. So... Um, you can say it's a three-part message. Part two is at Christmas Eve when we're really singing and reading Scripture. And today we're um, preaching, teaching, as well as Christmas Day. Uh, but what happened and why it happened? And it, in verse 5, starting in Luke chapter 1, says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, of the division of Abeha, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And so they were both from the priestly tribe, but and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now. When Luke is talking about here, in talking about them both, they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. He is not saying that they were perfect and without sin. Rather, that their heart was on the commandments of the Lord and seeking to live in a relationship with God uh, through his teachings. It's like in Psalm 1. In Psalm 1, the first psalm really sums this up well. In Psalm 1, 1, it said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. He's not living the life of someone in rebellion against God. 
But his delight, rather, is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. That's his delight, the teachings of the Lord. So the delight of Zechariah and Elizabeth was the teachings, the word of God, and they meditated on the word of God, and they would live the light, live in that relationship. And part of that relationship in living the, out the law included Le, the book of Leviticus with the different sacrificial system, knowing that they were going to sin, but that God was a merciful God. And so they would offer the animal sacrifices. And the whole idea was these, these people that were righteous in this sense and blameless. They weren't perfect, but they were living a life, living out the teachings, not in rebellion against God. And part of that included their sacrificial system so that they could be forgiven of their sins. This idea of a loving, merciful God. The idea of a loving, merciful God is not just New Testament. It's Old Testament. And, and it says here, in verse 2, uh, 3, about this person whose delight is in the law of the Lord. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. If you're a tree, that's a pretty good place to be, by a stream of water. That yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So there's this blessing. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So this idea of someone whose heart is in the teachings of the Lord. They love God. They, they know he's a merciful God. And they know that the teachings of our creator are such that he wants us to be blessed. Like in a home, mother, father, teaching their children. They want the children to live in a certain way so that they're blessed. And they avoid a lot of the problems that come from living in a different way. Well, our Heavenly Father is more, you know, brilliant than we are. And he has teachings on how to live life, which include the idea that we're going to fall short, but there is mercy and forgiveness in terms of the whole Leviticus, I know when people sometimes start reading the Bible through beginning to end, they kind of get stuck in Leviticus. I'm like, no, I love Leviticus. All the sacrificial, all the purifying, all the washings, they understood that a holy God, and they weren't holy, that they were sinners. And yet, they would be like Zechariah and Elizabeth in that sense. They would be considered righteous blameless, not because they're perfect, but because they understand that, and they love the Lord and his teachings and his commandments and seek to live it out, and that he's a merciful God, and, and we should say, have mercy on me, a sinner. They understood this as part of the idea. So, but then in verse 7, it says back in Luke chapter 1, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. So they didn't have a child. And, and, and one of the signs of a blessing from God is children. And they were living the right kind of life in the presence of the Lord, but they didn't have a child. And they were both advanced in years. They were old. Maybe even older than my wife and I. Possibly. They were. 
I won't point at anybody else. We'll move on. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. So there was a group of them serving that time of year, and they would choose lots. One of them got to go into the, you know, burn the incense, go to the Holy of Holies, burn the incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So, so Zechariah goes in there to burn the incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, the angel, and fear fell upon him. This happens when an angel shows up with Mary, anyone, Joseph. Um, when, a Mar when an angel shows up, there's fear. There's fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. <laughs> the angel usually says that too. Don't be afraid. Zechariah for your prayer has been heard. So now when he's praying there, he's praying in general for his people. But there was another little prayer he was always praying. And God heard that prayer. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, this son. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. So the Holy Spirit will be with him, even in the womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And this idea of turning them. Repentance, that he will preach and they will, many will repent, turn to the Lord. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Elijah was a great prophet, Old Testament prophet. I always call it John the Baptist is kind of like the last Old Testament prophet. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So this idea of turning them to the Lord and preparing the people for the Lord. And then in verse 18, and Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. How shall I know this? And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak for you, to you, and to bring you the, this good news. So he's a messenger, angel, a messenger of God. He had a message to communicate to Zechariah. And, if, and he says, And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. 
Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. It's interesting how Zechariah said, how shall I know this? How shall I know what you say is going to happen? The angel says, okay, I'll show you how you're going to know it. I'm going to keep you quiet for a number of months. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, so I don't know how long he was in there, talking with the angel. And when he finally left the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. So he couldn't speak, but he was signaling with hands, but he couldn't speak. And then it says, when his time of service was ended, so actually he was mute and serving until his time was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. And the reproach idea was she was older without children. So some of those neighbors might have said, ah, maybe she's not all that holy. Maybe she's up, you know, who knows? She doesn't have any children. So, but she kept herself hidden. And then it says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So they were engaged. They would be married one day, but they were engaged. And in, in this culture, when you were engaged, you were engaged. You were going to get married. It was just a matter of time until you got married. But, and then it said, and he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. So angel Gabriel shows up, greetings to Mary, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Again, the angel, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end to his kingdom. So this is the message she's, he's, uh, she's receiving from the angel Gabriel. And so this son, Joshua, Jesus is the, from the Hebrew word Joshua too, Yahweh saves. And this idea, he's the son of the Most High. the throne of his father, David. And there, his, his kingdom will have no end. 
And there's a lot of Old Testament prophecies concerning the Messiah. And so this message from the angel would have been pretty startling. And remember, her cousin Elizabeth had a message from the angel Gabriel too about how her son would turn people back to the living God, repentance, and prepare the way for the Lord. And then this message from the angel Gabriel to Mary. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? Now the angel Gabriel was a little nicer to her, I think. It wasn't, he was nice to Zechariah too. He's a prophet. And so how, how will I know? The angel decided to be quiet. And he knew right away. As soon as he couldn't speak, he knew what was going to take place. Confirmation that what was going to happen was going to happen. Here, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So when we think about what happened and why it happened, the Son of the Most High, the Son of God, the virgin birth of Christ, what happened and why it happened it's really Christmas and what we're focused. What really, what happened? Um, it's not just the birth of, of Jesus, a baby boy, but it's like, who is Jesus? And then in verse, I can't, 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. So when Mary heard this, she wanted to go visit her cousin Elizabeth because she had heard um, she had heard what had happened, that Elizabeth was with child. She entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Just the voice of Mary. Just the voice of Mary. When Elizabeth heard it, the baby leaped in the womb. It's like, right away, John the Baptist was ready to point people to Jesus, preparing the way for the Lord. Turning people back to the Lord, repentance, 
The idea of forgiveness of sins is needed and repentance, a change of direction, preparing the way for the Lord. And John the Baptist, the angel had said that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in the womb. So it's like right away he was jumping, ah, ready to point people to Jesus. And it said, And Elizabeth then was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The mother of my Lord. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking prophetically. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Baby leaped, and she felt the joy herself. There's quite a connection between mother and child when the child's in the womb. It's interesting. My wife has had six births, and... Uh, but that's interesting. But this was, none of my kids were filled with the Holy Spirit while in the womb. But, and it says, and blessed is she, so this is still Elizabeth speaking with the Holy Spirit, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And then Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Again, the idea of repentance, humbling ourselves before the Lord and asking for mercy, asking for forgiveness. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate the all-powerful living God. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And this is the idea of the messianic prophecies, that the Messiah would come. He would get the throne of David, she knew. His kingdom would never end. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, going back to Abraham. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your 
kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In you all the families of the earth will be blessed. As Peter said about Jesus in Acts 4.12, there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved but the Lord Jesus. He's the Savior of the world. But he first went, and uh, there's a lot of, yeah, there's so much. God's revelation. He revealed himself through Abraham, Isaac, and uh, Jacob, and all of them, the 12 tribes. He revealed himself through the prophets. He gave us information because we needed information about how to live our lives. Now, if we go far enough back, most everyone here, I don't know if any of you are from one of those 12 tribes or not. Probably not. We were worshiping gods and goddesses and doing human sacrifices and running around doing all kinds of crazy things way back, our ancestors. But somewhere along the line, First century, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, Christians started showing up, preaching the gospel. Started with the Jews, Jewish Christians. Spread to Gentiles like you and I, some of our ancestors. And then it spread all over the place. And, uh, yeah, through him, Abraham, his offspring, all the nations shall be blessed. And so when Mary... Um, mentioned he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. This, the Messiah, the Christ. Jesus Christ, we call him. Jesus Messiah, we call him. Savior of the world and the Son of God. God the Son entering his own creation. It says, Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. They would circumcise the child on the eighth day. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father. That was normal. Zechariah had a son. You, for a son, you name him Zechariah. But his mother answered, no, he shall be called John. Uh, Zechariah couldn't speak, but he could write. And he had communicated to his wife that the son would be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and, tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke blessing God. He hadn't spoken and suddenly his name is John. And he started blessing God and fear came on all their neighbors and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard him, heard them, laid them up in their hearts saying, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. 
and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. That oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, talking now about his own son, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. See, our God, he's a loving, merciful father. He just wants us to humble ourselves, have mercy on me, a sinner. He wants us forgiven. And then it says, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. Because of his tender mercy. By the way, tender mercy of God, that shows up too when the prodigal son, when the son's returning, and the father sees his son and has, says compassion, felt compassion on him. That's that tender mercy right there. Whereby... The sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. There's so much here. I'll jump to John. When you think about what happened and why it happened, because of the tender mercy of our God. Because of his, he's a loving God. Because we needed to turn. We needed to repent. We needed a change of direction. Again, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10. 10. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it in abundantly. But I'm going to read John 1, 1 through 3 and 14. Because what happened? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. We're talking creator here. He was with God. He was God. And then in verse 14, and the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. The creator entered his own creation. In the womb of Mary. What happened? And then why it happened? And uh, I'm going to pray. I guess part two is Christmas Eve. When we read all these chapters and saying, but then Christmas morning, we'll get into Luke 2, what happened and why it happened. Christmas is an amazing miracle. The creator entered his own creation. In the beginning, God spoke and created everything. 
There was just God, and he spoke and created everything. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Father, Son, Spirit. Just eight, just the three of them. Spoke, created everything else. And then at Christmas time, we celebrate when God, the Son, entered his own creation. And then why did he do it? Why did he do it? Why it happened? And we'll focus on that more next Sunday. But the idea of turning, repentance, forgiveness of sins, mercy, tender mercy of our God, the abundant life that the Lord has for us, rather than the thief, still kill and destroy. But let us pray. Lord God, we celebrate th this miracle of you entering your own creation. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you did. We thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your loving heart for us. And Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness that is ours in Jesus Christ. We rejoice in that, your mercy and your forgiveness. And Lord, Right now, speak just to anybody here who has yet to experience your loving mercy that they would right now in their hearts just say, have mercy on me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Change my direction. My direction is now your direction for my life. And Lord God, I pray for all of us that at this time of year, we would remember just the amazing miracle of Christmas. And we would be like John the Baptist, pointing people to you, Lord Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we stand and sing one more song? And... Uh,